Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host, and it is so good to be back. Back after a couple weeks off for paternity leave, welcoming my new son into the world, and it is so good to be back talking Dynasty with you all. To do that, I brought on one of my good friends and my co-workers here at Fantasy Pros. That is Pat Fitzmorris. He can be found on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Fitz, how we doing, man? Yates, doing great. I would uh, congratulate you on the birth of your second son, but I already have. Uh, (laughs) Fantastic that uh, everything is good with you guys. And just grateful to be here, man. Thanksgiving week, feeling uh, grateful about everything except my uh, some of my worst fantasy teams, but everything else is going uh, well except for you know a handful of, of clunker teams. <laughs> exactly. We can be thankful for the teams that are doing well, and then the other teams that uh, maybe not so much, maybe not going to make the playoffs, we just uh, we won't talk about those. But anyway, we got a couple of house housekeeping items here at the top that I want to make sure that we talk about here. Uh, this is obviously a couple weeks off there. Uh, talking about some buy low and sell high players weren't able to hit those. This will be one of two last episodes here before we hit and transition into some of the offseason content. So we are going to talk about buy low and sell high players here. And then next week we will do the same on this podcast. And that will be it as dynasty trade de- trade deadlines approach uh, if they have not done so already for your league. So wanted to just mention that we will do that for the next two episodes. And then we are going to transition and do some very, very fun offseason content. Uh, not talking about the incoming rookies just yet. We will get there at the end of the season, but got some fun content on the horizon for you guys and then additionally wanted to make sure to congratulate benjamin hunter he is the winner of the javante williams signed giveaway for our october giveaway courtesy of our friends at pristine auction benjamin hunter congratulations to you wanted to also mention that we have our deontay johnson signed jersey courtesy of pristine auction going on for our next giveaway all you have to do to enter that one is go to Apple Podcast or CastBox, leave a review for this show, and then head over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest, fill out the short form there, and attach a screenshot of your review to be entered. That's fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest for more information. Pat, I figured that you would be a perfect person to have on to answer this question. I was thinking about this earlier on this week. 
And we are certainly not there yet where we transition into dynasty startup season and everything like that. We will definitely get there uh, as soon as the offseason ticks into effect. But I wanted to ask you right now, is Jonathan Taylor the unquestioned Dynasty 101 pick. It was Christian McCaffrey for the longest time, even in Superflex formats. We were going with Christian McCaffrey at the 101 in certain instances, and now that seems to no longer be the case, and there is a player who is just on an absolute tear this year in Jonathan Taylor. In your opinion, is he the unquestioned Dynasty 101? So um, we're talking definitely... Obviously, we're not bringing the quarterbacks into the conversation right. if it's not super flex. Even if it is super flex, I don't think there's a clear consensus anymore on on who would be hmm. the, the top guy. Um, so I think the guys who would be in the conversation with him would be wide receivers, like either Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, who are probably the top two. And I don't know, there's the, the school of thought that the – receivers hold their value a little bit better, a little bit longer. They have longer lifespans. But um, at the same time, I mean, I think we've seen some real oscillating values with some of the top receivers in recent right. years, like uh, DK Metcalf. DK would, was would have been, a perfect yeah, example. A guy, yep. a guy who um, could have been everyone's wide receiver one, and, and now maybe, you know, he's further down somewhere near the bottom of the top 10 or something. Or I mean, geez, just like four years ago, I thought maybe Juju Smith-Schuster was oh, one wow. of the most yep. valuable assets yep. in fantasy, and where is he now? Um, so I do think I would have to go with Taylor here. I mean, what he is doing, boy, since – I think it was since he came off the COVID list last year. He has given us 16 games, and over those 16 games, we have out of him like over 2,100 yards from scrimmage and I think 23 Crazy. touchdowns. Yeah, and, um, you know, maybe the one hang-up I had with him was usage, and that was up until week eight when they lost that overtime game to the Titans, and Carson Wentz threw 51 passes, and Taylor only got 16 rushing attempts, and it was just so frustrating that they did not do a better job of putting that game in Taylor's hands. But in the three games since, yeah, it's 72 carries for Jonathan Taylor. It's like Frank Reich <laughs> really learned his lesson in that yep. game. Losing a game they should have won because they didn't give the ball to Johnny Taylor enough. And uh, it seems he's making amends lately because, uh, you know, Taylor is getting a workload befitting his University of Wisconsin days yep. in the last few weeks. It's crazy, man. I mean, his workload, what he is doing now. And yeah, that's been the entire hangup was not. Only, I mean, it, it was tied together. It was correlated of Marlon Mack, right? Marlon Mack being in the picture and getting some work and some volume and being active. And and now that's not the case anymore. And it's just it's purely Jonathan Taylor and it's working for Indianapolis. Huh? Go figure. You give this guy a ton of carries and it works out well for you. They knock off Buffalo in a huge victory this past week. So I wanted to at least have that conversation because it is interesting. You bring up the wide receiver dynamic to that. And yeah, there's a very strong case that, you know, uh, Jamar Chase should be the or could be in that conversation because it's going to be Joe Burrow as his quarterback long term. Right. And with Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, how long is he for Minnesota? We we don't know that, but could be a quarterback upgrade down the road. There's some volatility. DK Metcalf is Russell Wilson his quarterback next year. There's a lot of ifs, ands or buts with these other wide receivers with Jonathan Taylor, with the positional value that you get at the running back position right now. I think that he is the unquestioned dynasty 101. If I'm sitting there on the clock in a one quarterback league, I am absolutely taking Jonathan Taylor. And you mentioned there's not necessarily that consensus 
quarterback now sitting there at 101. I think it still is Patrick Mahomes, but there's a case to be made that it could be a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Kyler Murray if he was healthy. So, all right, let's pivot into some of the conversation here for sell high players. Now, this, these next two episodes are really crucial because for Dynasty Leagues, as we approach the trade deadline, it's not just about making decisions that affect this year, right? If you are a team that is contending, you are going to be making those pushes to send away some future draft picks to to bolster your roster as you make a push for a championship. But also taking a look at some of the players and taking shots on some of the players that their situations are going to change next year too. So I'm interested to hear your players here that you've got. Let's start off at the sell high spot. Who is the first player that you want to mention here? So we'll uh, haul out the big bait for anyone who is looking to do a major roster overhaul and uh, wants to maybe get multiple pieces or a big piece in return. And I'm going to say Ezekiel Elliott. And it's not like I'm completely abandoning ship here. Uh, I think he's still certainly good, but the value is immense because he is a trusted name brand. His career finishes in PPR scoring since coming into the league, running back three, running back seven, running back eight, running back five, running back six last year in what was generally considered a down year for him. And he's currently the running back seven. So, I mean, this guy has been just a a rock of uh, stability in fantasy lineups. But, hey, 1,564 career carries. He's going to turn 27 this summer. Um, you know, he's definitely approaching that downward bend in the, the bell curve of running back lifespans. And I think the other concern I have here, Yates, is that Mike McCarthy simply is not a one back kind of guy. And right. he wasn't in Green Bay either. Um, you know, we used to hear the, the free Aaron Jones chants when right, uh, right. Aaron Jones was sort of tied to Jamal Williams and McCarthy insisted on giving Williams like a 40% share of the work, if not more. And Tony Pollard has played 33% of the Cowboys offensive snaps this year. Uh, he's currently the running back 28 in PPR. So like there's a, a place for him, even though Zeke is still clearly the guy. Uh, McCarthy just isn't Jason Garrett. He's not going to be monogamous with his running backs. He is going to have another guy in the mix. And uh, I don't think McCarthy is likely to be fired this year. You know, the, the Cowboys have they've improved on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, I, I don't think McCarthy's going to be shown the door yeah. after this year. So, you know, and there's I think you could get a lot for him. Like, I think you could get I think you could get Trey Lance and Superflex if you were rebuilding. I think mm-hmm. you could get, um, you know, a, a top. Well, I guess the teams that would be trading first round picks from the top half of the draft probably are not going to be the kind of looking to get Zeke, but I think he's worth like a high first round pick. Sure. You know, Debo Samuel, T Higgins, guys like that as part of a package for Zeke. He he definitely has value. I mean, there are teams if in leagues where the trading deadline has not come yet um Zeke would be a good guy to try to entice one of the contending teams that this could be the guy who puts them over the top and uh you know certainly worth a a big haul in future considerations yeah absolutely and this is one of those mutually beneficial trades where if you are a team that is not contending you're looking to get out from Zeke because of the potential concerns that Pat laid out then being able to send him to a contender like Zeke is going to help a a team this year like he's still you mentioned he's RB what RB7 on the year is what you said like He still has value. He's still a top tier running back, but 
for someone who down the road, if that is not the way that you want to build your team, where you do have some concerns about his longevity and the workload starting to catch up to him, Tony Pollard being involved, all the reasons you mentioned there, moving on from Zeke for a haul with a lot of younger assets, at least makes sense. Certainly, I'm going to stay in that same kind of vein here. And I'm going to talk about a, a wide receiver who is probably one of the most consistent fantasy assets there are out there. But he's a player that if I am a rebuilding team, I am looking to move out from now and sell him to a contender. That's Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking at Deontay Johnson, you have to kind of play this forward where you say, okay, Ben Roethlisberger, he looked, he, you know, put up dominant statistics this past week. And again, whenever Deontay Johnson is healthy and Ben is healthy, like they are just connecting. They've got a mind meld. It's just ridiculous what they do on the field as far as a target share. But play it forward. This has to be Ben's last year, right? Like there is what, 10% chance, if that, that Ben returns to the Pittsburgh Steelers next year as the starting quarterback. And who else is going to replace him? Who's going to step in and give that same kind of level of consistency to Deontay Johnson as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback? It's not Mason Rudolph. We've already seen that. It's not going to happen. Dwayne Haskins, not going to happen. And then you look at any of the incoming rookie quarterbacks. This isn't the strongest class. And Pittsburgh's not going to be in a position where they necessarily can get one of the guys at the top of the draft. So you are either betting on Deontay Johnson getting someone like Aaron Rodgers in free agency next year or a Russell Wilson if you leave Seattle. Like that is the only situation where I think that we could see Deontay Johnson's situation improve. And otherwise, there is a very low floor here for someone who has been one of the most consistent assets out there. So I'm going to take the shot here that if I've got Deontay Johnson and I can sell him off for, you know, a early first round pick, I can get a younger guy at the wide receiver position in what is what promises to be a very talented class. That's probably the way that I'm going to be taking this because there are a wide range of outcomes here for Deontay Johnson without Big Ben in the lineup, which I am betting on happening this next year. Let's go back to you, Pat, for your second sell high player. All right. Um, I'll stay with you with the veteran receivers and I'm going to say Tyler Lockett. So Lockett is going to be in Seattle now. Well, at least he's under contract through 2026. But uh, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. It's like, what is the future of the quarterback p- position yep. for Seattle? We we don't know that. And, you know, I generally don't like to weigh QB situations that heavily when evaluating receivers in Dynasty, you know, it's certainly a consideration. But I, I never want to go overboard with that. But, I mean, I think we have to consider it here because Lockett's 29. Um, what? How old is he going to be by the time Seattle has a, a settled quarterback position? And, and right. maybe they somehow work things out with Russ and this little recent downturn we've seen uh, from Russ is maybe just finger related and and he's fine. That could be, but um the age thing though isn't going away. I'm I'm sure Lockett can be the kind of player who's productive uh into his 30s, but you know, not that many more seasons before he starts hitting the the downward portion of his career. So, and and we know this guy's been streaky in the past. Yeah. I mean, we saw it last year, we've seen it this year where he has some really big games um bookended by some long dry spells. So, uh, and of course, DK Metcalf is still around. He's going to be a big mm-hmm. uh, target contender. Um, he's not going anywhere. So it's not like Lockett is going to have some 25% target share or anything. So still a useful piece, but, um, you know, what could you maybe get for him? Maybe a Miles Sanders, maybe like a second rounder and Alexander Madison, who right. possibly could pop somewhere else in a couple of years. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, not a player I dislike at all, but a guy I would not mind shopping around. And that was going to be my question was just like, what what can you get for him, right? Because it's not like every, everyone in your league doesn't acknowledge or know the fact that Tyler Lockett has been so inconsistent. And yes, this is the time where you sell him because he's coming off of a decent game. But I don't I just don't know if he is going to return anything more than a high second round pick in 2022. And if, if that is the case, then I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I don't know if I even would do that. It depends on the strength of the upcoming class. And I just haven't gotten into it that much to be able to say definitively that I want one of those pieces at the top of the second round. Those typically are not players that hit at a historic rate. So that's kind of the question. Yeah, I think you might be able to get, you know, a second rounder plus another, you know, ancillary piece or something like that. But it's not like Tyler Lockett's value is incredibly high, but this, I agree with you. This is the time to get out if you have not done so already. I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position. I'm going to go a little bit younger, though. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk, and Brandon Ayuk has been fantastic the past couple of weeks. He has really started to come on uh, and produce the way that we thought he was going to at the beginning of the season, and it's kind of this entire thing going like, okay, Kyle Shanahan, this guy was on your roster this entire time. Why have you not been utilizing him to his highest potential? Like the way that you did at the end of last year, And I really just kind of want to escape this potential headache. Brandon Ayuk can be a very, very reliable wide receiver, too. I am not saying that he's not going to be that or that he can't be that. However, this has the potential. What what is preventing Brandon Ayuk from going back in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse? Like, we don't even know what the issue was, really. Just that he wasn't preparing like a pro. Like, that is super vague. And that scares the crap out of me from a dynasty manager perspective. So, Brandon Ayuk, if I am able to get peak value, if I am able to sell him off off of these big this big game here where I'm able to take him and sell him off for peak value to avoid the potential headache down the road, that's something that I'm at least considering doing. Uh, let's go back to you for your third sell high player here, Pat. All right. Um, I'm going to say Kirk Cousins here. And uh, let, let's say for sake of argument, we're talking about super flex. Is Cousins a good quarterback or a bad quarterback? Like, I think that... <laughs> People it depends on who you time. ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or when you ask them, right? right. Um, like perceptions of this guy are all over the map. And I think sometimes those are the easiest guys to trade where it's hard to pin down. You know, some people think he's an above average quarterback. Some people think he's a below average NFL starting quarterback. So mm-hmm. when you've got guys like that who are hard to value, I think they're kind of easier to trade because you can always find someone who either, you know, likes them or if you're trying to get them who likes them less than you do so I don't know I mean TV analysts I've seen a lot of them Terry Bradshaw Jimmy Johnson like heaping praise on Kirk Cousins for the way he played in week 11 in the win over the Packers but Yates he threw like five interceptable passes in that game and a lot of the time yeah like a lot of times in that game he was just kind of throwing the ball up for grabs because he was under a heavy pass rush and like Justin Jefferson would get underneath it somehow mm-hmm. and make a, a fantastic play on the ball. So it's like, boy, he is he's getting way too much credit for his Week 11 performance. And just generally, I don't know. I mean, I think he's a league average starting quarterback right. at best. Uh, and I think people are going to tend to overvalue him maybe a little bit because they really like the receivers, and understandably so. So just a guy, like if I was okay at the quarterback position, if I had three – and, you know, we're looking at another pretty decent quarterback year, I think. Uh, maybe not more quantity than quality. Right. Uh, I'd, I'd be willing to deal him. And I would be looking to target maybe like a young player who 
is not at full value yet, but has a chance to be special. Like someone, Chase Claypool, I would take for Cousins and Superflex, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I think I'd even take Travis Etienne for him. That one's interesting because ETN, man, I just have no idea how to value him anymore. I loved him coming into this year. I thought he was going to be a top 15 running back. I thought he was going to fill this Jamal Agnew role and the, um, you know, the role that they had uh, for LaVisca Chenault and stuff like that. Like, I thought that that's the role that he was going to fill. And now with Urban Meyer, like, I don't even know if Urban Meyer is going to be the head coach in Jacksonville next year. And if that is the case, then what? If he isn't, then what does the offense look like? What's the role for ETN? Man, I just don't know. So that one's interesting to hear you say that ETN for Kirk Cousins. I get the path for it, and I get how that can definitely pan out. Cousins is super interesting because it feels like he does just enough to like he's always on this edge of like, oh, is he going to are they going to move on from him? But I feel like he just does enough to like hold on to the job in in Minnesota. And like just to be you said, like a league average, like I feel it's just right where he is. One of these guys that's never going to do anything that really causes him to lose the job but yet not necessarily anything that you're going to like lock him into that job in minnesota long term so he's super interesting i just i never know how to value kirk cousins but you're right there are people who are fans that are willing to spend up i do think that you can get a little bit more than etn in that trade in a super flex league but always put him out on the trade block see what you can get i'm going to go at the running back position here for my final player who i just don't know what we're going to see from him next year there is the possibility that he re-ups with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that is Leonard Fournette. And I just don't know what we're going to get out of him, right? He's on a one-year contract here. Tampa Bay is going to be faced with some tough financial decisions. They did a ton this this last year to rework the cap and, and push money off into future years. So I just don't know if they're going to have the room to be able to take Leonard Fournette back unless he does a cheap one-year deal again. And if he goes somewhere else, are they going to trust him completely? I think he's done enough to warrant a starting job somewhere else, but I just don't know what that equates to. Is he going to go to a a lesser you know team, uh, a lesser productive offense? Like I just don't know. There's a ton of variables here with Leonard Fournette. So if I am a team that does not have a a true critical need for Leonard Fournette down the stretch, then that's something where I'm at least willing to entertain offers and see what I can get. Let's go over to the buy low section here, Pat. I'll turn it over to you for your first buy low player as we head into Week Twelve. All right, so I had a Dallas running back for the sell high. I figure I should have one for the buy low to balance (laughs) it out. So I will go with Tony Pollard. Um, And boy, like I hate to start any conversation about him with yards per carry because we know that's a very flawed stat that encompasses a lot of noise, you know, offensive line play, quarterback performance, that all weighs into it, some other things too. And it does leave out a lot of important variables like down and distance, how many defenders are in the box, how many DBs are on the field. But yards per carry still tells us something, right? And Pollard is averaging 5.5 yards per carry this year and 5.0 yards per carry over his three NFL seasons. Granted, yes, he does play on third downs a lot uh, when there are more defensive backs, lighter boxes, and he's played this relief role. And I've talked about this with uh, Dan Harris, our colleague on on the podcast, and talking about Tony Pollard, how maybe it's when you're not the the heavy duty guy, when you're not the, you know, the complimentary guy to Ezekiel Elliott, it's maybe like a, a relief pitcher coming in for a starter where the starter has to pace himself right. a little bit because he's got to go six or seven innings and the relief pitcher can come in and throw 98 mile an hour fastballs because he's only got to go like 16, 18 pitches. Yep. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of where Pollard benefits too. 
But man, he's averaging like nine yards per targets this year, 7.7 for his career. Every time he has the ball, it looks like he's been shot out of a cannon. I mean, he just is so explosive and like, I really like his vision. Like he seems like he reads holes well. Mm -hmm. Um, Due to become an unrestricted free agent in 2023, I think someone is going to want him to play a prominent role uh, and a more prominent role than he is playing now. So he'd be a guy I would be looking to go after. And, you know, even in this part-time role, even if this is his role again in 2022, I think there's value to it. As I mentioned before, he's the running back 28, I believe, in PPR right now. So, man, I like this guy and and can't wait to see what's going to happen when eventually somewhere he gets an expanded role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tony Pollard, from a pure talent perspective, is among one of the best in the league, right? I think that we can all acknowledge that. And the the supporting statistics are there to to exemplify that. So with Pollard, you're going to have to kind of wait you know, just to get to that's a long waiting period, right? To go to 2023 free agency, right? But I do think that we do have to think forward a little bit because his value is only going to increase as we get closer to that impending free agency date. And then also too, he still has like plenty of upside as a Ezekiel Elliott insurance policy. So it's not like you're you're trading for this guy and then he's just going to sit on your bench for the foreseeable future for the next year and a half or whatever. No, he he does have some flex appeal on his own. He does come with high end insurance policy uh, as the uh, for, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. And then, yes, uh, the potential of what he could be in free agency in 2023. Absolutely agree. I am going to go here with a wide receiver who I talked about plenty coming into the 2021 uh, rookie draft season. And that's Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Definitely not on the same caliber or level as Tony Pollard, but still someone that I think we should be going after in Dynasty Leagues because you look at his quarterback situation. He's got Jared Goff. He's got Tim Boyle. And this is about as bad as it can possibly be, right? There's no way that Detroit goes into next year with one of those two guys as the starting quarterback. They're going to make a change in some way, shape, or fashion. They've got one of the top picks, if not the number one overall pick in the draft. We could easily see them take one of these young and promising quarterbacks in the draft or lure someone away in free agency. And Amon Ross St. Brown has the talent to be a true PPR workhorse, someone that is a very, very valuable flex play week in and week out. So I I think you can get St. Brown right now for a third round pick next year. You can get him for dirt cheap. And I do think that that is absolutely worth the investment because even with Goff, even with Boyle, we have seen him produce and we've seen what he can be. So if we get that quarterback upgrade next year, we're kind of banking on that happening. But if we get that, I think that he has a a bright future as a flex play, if not more than that, depending on who they bring in at quarterback in Detroit. Let's go back to you for your second buy low player. All right, let's uh, just another chance for me to uh, proclaim my love for DJ Moore, even though things have been kind of rough at times this season. So the last two years before 2021, back-to-back 1,100-yard seasons, and he's on pace for a third, but... Once again, mediocre play has sort of plagued him, and that's been the case throughout his career, except, I don't know, maybe his rookie year when when Cam had a decent year with him. This year got so bad that with Darnold gets off to the great start, but then things were so bleak as everything went south for Darnold, and Cam Newton, who now at this point in his career is pretty much undisputably a below-average NFL passer, He's now seen as this huge upgrade for DJ <laughs> right, Moore. Right. And sure enough, he more as a touchdown in, in Cam's first game as a starter. So 
I mean, he's about to finish his fourth NFL season, Yates, and DJ Moore is still only 24 and won't turn 25 till April. Um, Yeah, he just came into the league so young. And he's just kind of an eye test guy. Seeing is believing. Terrific route runner. Really good after the catch. Panthers owner David Tepper strikes me as the kind of guy who is going to be hell-bent on fixing the quarterback position for good in the offseason. He's not going to settle for a Sam Darnold Band-Aid type move this time. I think there's going to be either a push for Aaron Rodgers or more likely some sort of trade for Deshaun Watson. Yep. So, yeah, I I think eventually the QB position gets fixed and uh, DJ Moore is going to shine. Like, he's already been shining. Yep. But he can definitely hit another level with better quarterback play. You're absolutely right. Uh, as you were talking, I was like, I immediately thought about David Tepper and I was like, he's not going to be content with this quarterback carousel and and anything that they've been doing so far. Right. Teddy Bridgewater, they moved on from him to try to fix it. And then Sam Darnold wasn't the answer. Well, then they've got Cam Newton like they are not going to go into next year with Cam as a starting quarterback, most likely, right? They're going to make an aggressive move to put Carolina over the top, and that means a quarterback upgrade for DJ Moore to finally take advantage of him constantly being open. You're absolutely right. He passes the eye test every single time. I'm going to go with a running back here. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. One of the weirdest and wackiest storylines from 2021 is that Josh Jacobs is just not seeing, like, we thought that he was a lock for 20-plus carries or around 20 carries per game, right? Maybe one to two targets, And that was going to be it. Josh Jacobs has not seen a significant workload on the ground this year, but he's been been actually a viable fantasy asset in full PPR formats because he's suddenly involved as a receiver. So I think with Josh Jacobs, we are going to see a a coaching change next year, right? We're not going to have Rich uh, Basaccia as the as the head coach, most likely next year for Las Vegas. And if that is the case, I think that we're going to see an offensive mind here. Las Vegas is going to be looking to make a splash. And we could see someone like Eric Bieniemy in town or one of those like offensive minded head coaches here to take advantage of Josh Jacobs. And the whole issue with John Gruden was that it was like you have Josh Jacobs, who is an incredibly talented receiver out of the backfield. Let's utilize him. And we're seeing that we're starting to see him utilize. It's not leading to consistent production. But I do think that the value point for Josh Jacobs right now is at an all time low. And I am trying to look forward to say kind of like with DJ Moore to say if everything falls right. Can Josh Jacobs be a top 15 running back next year? I actually do think that that can be the case if everything falls right. So Josh Jacobs is someone that I'm going out and looking to acquire. Let's go back to you for your final buy low player. Okay, so this is maybe a guy you ask for as a throw in in a deal. Uh, It's Adam Troutman, who unfortunately we're not going to see for four to six weeks. Uh, Maybe the rest of the regular season, certainly the rest of the fantasy season with the sprained MCL. But, I mean, maybe that just kind of keeps the elevator from going up another floor with this guy because he had been on a nice little run over his last four games, 27 targets, 16 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown, an 18% target share over that span. So, And this is a guy who had, like, some pass-catching credential coming into the league. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, some pretty weak college competition at the University of Dayton, but he did have in his final season there 70 catches, 916 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He was uh, one of the stars at the Senior Bowl. I mean, I can remember Pat Kerwin on the NFL Network talking about how much Trout uh, Troutman just bowled him over at Senior Bowl week. So I do think the needle is pointing up with him. I do think the Saints are another team that... Uh, Things can only get better at quarterback. And, you know, whether that's 
Jameis Winston being healthy next year or someone else. Anyway, the the fact that Troutman has had this mini breakout with some real shaky quarterbacking from Trevor Simeon in the last few weeks, I think is pretty encouraging for his future going forward. And we thought in the summer he might be one of these yep, dark exactly. horse, like low-end, tight-end one guys. Didn't see it at all from him early in the season. It was kind of disappointing. But the last month, it started to happen. And, uh, you know, the, the progress is very encouraging. Oh, I was all aboard that Adam Troutman low-end tight end one train uh, based on what we saw in his rookie season and the talent level that he had coming out of Dayton. We knew that he was raw, right? It's it's Dayton, right? We knew that it was going to take a little bit for him to adjust and his usage at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he got injured, but man, that was just bizarre for me. So it's nice to see that he is starting to round into form. The injury certainly kind of dampers any hyper expectations, but you're absolutely right. That creates an opportunity to be able to buy low and you're able to acquire him for next to nothing as a throw in option there at the tight end position. Let's hope that he can uh, become that low end tight end one next year. I'm going to stick at the running back position here for my final buy low. And you talk about a player that you can you know, add in as a throw in option in a trade. I think that this guy can be found on your league's waiver wire, but I am at least intrigued with adding him to see what happens here in Tampa Bay. I talked about Leonard Fournette saying that I don't know what this backfield is going to look like next year. I don't know if he is back as Tampa Bay has some tough decisions to make from a cap perspective. Keyshawn Vaughn is the only Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back who is under contract next year. Ronald Jones is a free agent. Leonard Fournette is a free agent. I'm assuming Giovanni Bernard is a free agent. If not, they'll move on from him. And I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is at least someone that I am adding and seeing how this all plays out, seeing how it all breaks down to be able to say if it doesn't work out, it's fine. I spent a fourth round pick or I picked up Keyshawn Vaughn off of the waiver wire. And if it doesn't work out, then fine. I can easily move on from him. It's it's no big deal. But if he does end up being the starting running back or at least having a role next year, then that fourth round pick or that fab bid that I spent on him was well worth it to be able to at least pick up the starting running back or, you know, a running back who has a clear role in a Tampa Bay Tom Brady led offense. Like that is something that is worth the investment to me. And again, you can get him for dirt cheap. So wanted to at least mention him here as we try to take that forward looking mindset to next off season and saying, how can we get ahead of the curve? How can we start to play things out, uh, play things forward in our mind? Keyshawn Vaughn at the top of my list for a player that I'm going to go out and acquire just to see how things break down. All right, Pat, that will do it for today's episode. We press pause on writing the primer together. We need to get off this episode and get right back to writing that because this thing is a beast. It is a ton of fun sharing that with you though. Uh, I got to like unwind my mind from a dynasty perspective now to thinking back to redraft. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know an abrupt shift, isn't it? Uh, yes, the primer is uh, definitely a load. Amazing that uh, our buddy Tags was able to do it all by himself. So uh, I'm very grateful to have your help writing that. I need a tag team partner. Uh, it's not a one man job. So. That is that is for sure. I have uh, the Houston Texans and New York Jets game next up for me. So that will oh, be fun. a ton of fun to write. <laughs> all right. That will do it for today's episode for Pat Fitzmorris. I'm Kyle Yates and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 